0: Welcome to another episode of Creative Distillation. Your hosts, Jeff and Brad from the University of Colorado Boulder's Leeds School of Business discuss entrepreneurship research while enjoying fine craft beverages. In this installment of Creative Distillation, Brad and Jeff conduct some field research at Wild Provisions Beer Project in Boulder, Colorado speaking with Weston Ring, the cellar person for Wild Provisions and their parent company, Four Noses Brewing, about his path to brewing, the experimental brewing approach at Wild Provisions, and why they focus on just two types of beer. Enjoy and cheers.
1: Welcome to Creative Distillation, where we distill entrepreneurship, research, and actionable insights. I am your host, as always, Research Director for the Deming Center for Entrepreneurship
2: at the Leeds School of Business at the University of Colorado Boulder, Jeff York, with my co-host. Hello, Jeff. It's great to see you again. I'm Brad Werner, and I'm an entrepreneur. also work with you uh, closely at the Deming Center, Uh, but today we're doing a really cool episode. I am totally stoked about this, and I hope that the picture our producer, Joel, just took is going to come out because we
1: are now perched with three microphones, On top of a barrel, beer stacked around them. Brad has a notebook. He's very professional. And uh, we're getting ready to do a tasting. And we're at Wild Provision, right? Is it Wild Provisions or Provision? Provision.
2: I don't know. It sounded like a hunting outfitter to me, but, <laughs> I, I, but I walked in here and it's looking
1: much better than that. Oh, this place is super cool. And we have uh, Weston joining us. Weston, welcome.
3: Hi, glad to be here. Weston is the seller man, seller person. What is your official title here, Weston? Yep, seller person for That's... wild provisions and four noses. Uh, okay, so... Okay, tell, wait, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. What, what is I, that?
3: Is we got, now we you got two hey, no. crazy
2: names yeah, in one, right? right? Well, well, but I, 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 I love, love the, 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 the seller man, seller person title. What is that?
3: So, essentially, a cellar person takes the beer from after it's brewed all the way through the end of fermentation. That's awesome. Yeah. Which is super important for the styles that you guys specialize in, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Especially the lagers. Uh, We do them in a completely different way than most breweries here. In Colorado, we uh, actually use a cool ship, which is something you typically only see with sour beers. Right. But we actually receive all of our wort in a cool ship here to cool it, have cool cold break, and then they all get open fermented, uh, which is something else you don't you see You open often. ferment lagers. Yeah, we do. We've got a Dude. clean room with Positive pressure on it to keep microbes out and everything. That's insane. And yeah, it's quite a process it, that you don't it, see it's many really places. Cool.
1: Do you have any idea what he just talked about, Brad? I, I do
2: know what open fermentation is. All yes. right, very cool. Um, and uh, the other thing that I'm really curious about, though, is Weston. We kind of grabbed him. We we kind yeah, basically to come came over to here to for check. a happy hour. But he came <laughs> over with a beer. We were all set up. So first, talk through the beer that you're drinking, Weston, and why you chose that. Well, right. right. So
3: yeah. I'm drinking the 12 degree premium pale lager. This is a Czech style lager. It's made with 100% Czech ingredients. The grain is all Czech grown. It's all Czech sauce, hops, Czech yeast, the whole thing. And um, it's a, to me, I drink it pretty often because it's it's just really, really well balanced between a nice, bready malt character and uh, like a moderate bitterness to keep everything balanced out. Oh my God. It's great. Yeah, it's pretty stunning. I it's think. great.
1: Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> So why why all the big focus
3: on Czech stuff? Like, what's what's the deal with that? Like, because some people are like, what the heck? That's a good question. I you know I wasn't part of this business when all those decisions were made, but right. I think that I've been seeing kind of a movement in breweries to focus more on very specific styles and yeah. regions right. instead of trying to do everything kind right. of well. They're doing right. one thing really really well. I've yeah. seen that with several breweries um, in this region who are focusing solely on either German or Czech styles. And uh, I think that's kind of cool. And you said you're going to Prague soon, right? Yeah, I'll be going in June to Czech Republic, Germany, and Belgium. That's awesome, man. So I got to wax a little bit on this one because (laughs) I freaking love
1: Czech lager. This is Uh, great, right? And this is the reason I'm kind of like, I'm almost like emotional because like, so on my one visit to the Czech Republic, when uh, I, I was in Prague the whole time, and what's so cool when you guys, when you go to Prague, there will be dozens and dozens of bars, and they each brew their own pills and their own lager. And they all brew the same style, but it's slightly different, and it's all fantastic and cheaper than water.
2: Oh, my God. It's, We're it's, going.
1: Yeah, it's, it's incredible. So it's beer just like this. Slight variations. You know, it's really hard to
2: tell the variance in them because they all brew so clean and so pure. For me, though, as an everyday drinking beer, this is great. I just don't have the palate to tell the differences. All I know is I like this one.
1: Well, yeah, so it's got this Saaz hop. Saaz hops are really important because they give it this um, almost peppery flavor that you get on the very end of it. It's a very unique kind of hop. And they brewed with really soft water, so it gets this really delicate, like, floral, bread-like palate, like Weston said. It's really good.
3: Yeah, and we actually use all uh, RO water for these to get okay. that soft water profile. Yep, yep. It's amazing. All right. So, wait,
2: I have an actual insight. For all you young listeners out there, a cellarman is a very noble profession to want to be when you're a kid. So, if you're talking to your parents about firemen, police, I would add cellarmen to the list. There we go.
1: Being a cellarman is a noble profession
2: that's an actionable insight
1: it is and, I, I mean, and i'm you, not you, kidding it's great no i mean it's amazing <laughs> all right so we gotta make sure we go ahead and taste the next beer so the next beer brad was worried last yeah, time yeah. because it's oh. october and this beer has a very orangey uh what i would call an Oktoberfest look to it brad was nervous because he was scared it was pumpkin beer
3: oh yeah definitely not okay <laughs> thank you sir so what uh, do we got here? This is the half dark lager, I think it says. Yeah, all three of our Czech lagers are very similar in process and recipe. This one has—I've um, never personally brewed this one. I believe it has a small amount of uh, carafa malt that gives it some of that uh, slightly darker color. But to me, this one has a ton of uh, like raisin and molasses without yeah. being overly sweet or cloying right this one's my favorite one right now actually
2: oh it's your favorite beer on tap
3: yeah yeah I love
1: this one well I get like a real nice little like just hint of like caramel
3: mm-hmm. right like
1: that um almost that like Oktoberfest toasted malt flavor a little more like a, um, a British pale ale where they would use like uh, that malt that gives it a uh, ESB kind yeah. of yeah sure but yeah. without
2: the ESB buttery weirdness this is <laughs> really good man yeah I don't know how you would choose actually I you know what though I think I'm still You still like the first one I think for the first one, for me, yeah, is still still my choice. Well, this is uh, wow. Well, Neither of them suck. Good. Okay, <laughs> these are great.
1: So, so did we talk a little bit about? So this uh, is called um, okay. God, I'm, Wild Provisions is the actual proper name. Yep. Google Wild Provisions beer. It's here in Boulder. We had no idea it was here until like 24 hours ago, I guess.
3: How this place? How long have you guys been here? So this is an offshoot of Four Noses. Okay, Four um, Noses is a brewery that's located over in Broomfield. In Broomfield, correct. Right. Yeah, and they wanted a facility where we could focus more on sour beers without being concerned about infecting the rest of our clean beers <laughs> right. over there. And so they built this facility out. And, you know, this was years before I came on, but I think it's been open about three years. You're kidding some, 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 Two or three years, somewhere in that range. How the hell you do I know this? I, I, I yeah. don't know, man. I just You'll have know. to fact check me on that because no. I could be
1: wrong. But I didn't. know I had no idea. I think I'd seen the sign said that looks cool. I thought it was like a shishi boulder or clothing store <laughs> or something. You know?
2: No, the design in here is amazing. I mean, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's like beautiful. right out of Sweden, right? I mean, it's just
1: clean. Yeah, you were uh, describing these tanks over here. Like, so we're looking at tanks. They have like a open kind of vault bottom, and then I, I, I don't, I've never seen tanks like this. What, what's <laughs> going on with these guys?
3: Yeah, so we've got a couple different big oak vessels here. We've got some big. Uh, six large, about 20-barrel French oak, actually American oak fooders, and they house all of our sour beers. We've also got two... They're kind of a a cross between a fooder and a cylindroconical fermenter where we open-ferment our sours before they go into the fooders for aging. And then we've got... It's called a pyramid stack of pungens, which are essentially oversized red wine barrels that are housing all spontaneously fermented uh, sour beer. Wow. Is that what we're looking at here with this airlock in it? Is that the... The, uh, So the one with the huge airlock is a fooder with spontaneous beer in it, and then all the stacked barrels right next to it are also spontaneous
1: weston i don't know what episode we're on with this this is the first episode of this podcast where someone i've been talking to about beer has told me a bunch of things i knew nothing about <laughs> it's really and cool
2: that's yeah. awesome hey, so we know that the, there's a, a large amount of breweries in the boulder front range how many people are doing open fermentation
3: oh gosh is uh, it a lot
2: or is it, is it a oh, very small group it's
3: very small as yeah. far as i know i think it's essentially us and primitive and Longmont right Crooked Stave Um, in Denver Crooked Stave in Denver Black Project was but they just closed and there's a a Casey out in Glenwood Springs is doing it and you know there might be a couple others Uh, the one in Divide what's it called I can't remember off the top no, I of my can't head, either. but anyways, there's only a handful in the state. That I have are to tell you,
2: it. it's worth a trip in here. Well, the beer's fantastic, but checking out those kegs with all the hardware
1: yeah. is amazing. Well, this whole place is beautiful. You were saying one
3: of the owners is an architect? Yeah, one of the owners of Four Noses is an architect, so he designed cool. the space and did a really great job.
1: Four Noses, we gotta get out there sometime too. Uh, I love it because the brewery, at least from what I know, is named after the four dogs. Uh, of the owners or the founders oh, so I really? think
3: it's actually the founders themselves and their no- well I yeah, thought it was that to do their with their noses, dogs <laughs> their noses
1: in the beer oh their dogs noses uh, something <laughs> to do it. it's actually next door to a, a a very boulder business it's like a indoor doggy swimming pool oh. Have you been
2: over there? You know what I'm talking uh, about? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, right. Next door. I have not
1: I have not mm-hmm. taken Ranger there. It, it
2: would be perfect. Dispensary on one side, brewery in the middle, dog swimming pool on the other yeah, side. Yeah, I
3: think there is a dispensary. We do have a climbing gym next door, too. So <laughs> oh my just God. To round out of like, the out This is like
2: Yeah, here we go. This is
1: uh, all right. So now we're gonna go to the darkest beer we have here. I think uh, this is just a dark lager, right? Dark, dark. Yep,
3: same story as the other two. Hundred percent Czech grain, larger load of carafa, if I remember right. Mm. Just more intense roasty flavors than either of the other two. Yeah, also a fantastic beer. I mean, honestly, I think all the Czech lagers coming out are really really phenomenal.
1: So, yeah, yeah, usually in Prague, like, they'll have this one. They'll have the light and the dark, right? Mm -hmm. They'll be like, which one do you want? And here's what I noticed when I was in Prague. I was at this place. I think it was called the Skinned Cat, something like that, (laughs) something weird. And I noticed as we were there drinking that they were giving us this uh, shot with the beer. And uh, none of the locals were getting the shot with the beer. They just were giving it to us. And I thought this was like, you know, some hospitality kind of thing. Turns out it was absinthe. So if they're giving you a shot and you're in Prague and like, you think you should drink it, maybe you should. I don't know. You but want to tell us the rest of the story? I don't remember the rest <laughs> of the story. I, don't, I do not know... Yeah, I don't know what happened after that. I just went back the next night to figure out what the hell we were drinking. Did not want to drink any more of it. I think to our a presentation at, like, I think 9.30 a.m. That's some, what they run
2: over sugar, right, when they serve it to you? I, they,
1: they didn't. You no, know, this was just as like this green liquid. They, normally you do put it over sugar, but this was in, like, a little plastic cup, and apparently this is a uh, Prague thing. I don't
2: know. Yeah.
1: Or, or they just wanted to screw with the tourists. I don't yeah. know, man. This uh,
3: dark lager is fantastic.
2: So, Weston, tell us, is there anything that we're drinking here that's on tap year-round, or are these all-seasonals?
3: Most of these, I believe, are on year-round. The premium pale and the dark lager, for sure. Right. I'm not sure the half-dark. They've been talking about brewing a new batch of it. So, hopefully, that'll remain on tap as well.
2: Those are my two favorites, by the way, the premium and Great. the dark lager.
1: Premium and the dark lager? You're going so far? Okay. Yeah. And now, we've got one last one to try, Brad. And I figured uh, I saved this for last. This is the uh, the Pills. So, check Pills. Creative Distillation brought to you by the Deming Center for Entrepreneurship. We're very big on pills. We've been big on German pills, yeah. so I think we're going to have a conversion here. Brad.
3: So this this is the little fur cone. Is that little right? fur cone. Correct. So this one's actually modeled after a Bavarian Pilsner. Oh so. well, Ooh, we're not yeah. going to get that far. away.
1: <laughs> Bavaria instead of Germany. Yeah, uh, yeah, the North German.
2: Man, these are good. Oh God, these are really good.
0: That's
1: See, good. when when pills is good, like it's it's so freaking clean. Yeah. That it's almost like you didn't drink anything, <laughs> and then you get that little, like, nice bite of
2: the hollertar or tetaneng hops, like those Germanic hops. This is amazing. That's really good. So, Weston, can we just find you in the tap room? Or are you at Hazel's? Or are you any of the local brew?
1: Or... Four Noses everywhere. Yeah,
3: Four Noses is all over. Right now, a lot of our stuff you can only find in the tap room. We did just release the 12-degree pale lager in cans. This first one. So okay. you should be able to find that around. All of our sour stuff for the most part is in the tap room, although I believe they're working on getting that in more shops right now. This tap room is worth a visit. Can we come back and talk about sours? Oh, yeah, for (laughs) sure.
2: Because, like, (laughs) that'd be really gets interesting. Brad will
1: be less enthused, but I will be.
2: Look at the conversion to three years where I am with beer.
1: Well, yeah, you're loving all these, right? So, here, okay, Weston, like, you're the seller person. Like, it is bizarre to me that you guys would decide to do, like, perhaps the most delicate difficult to cleanly brew thing you possibly could uh, like a a, a light check lager like I mean other than like doing an American like you know pre-pro lager or something that's about as hard as it gets in my opinion to brew properly and then you're going to do a sour brewery in the same place were you around for that
3: decision? I was not around <laughs> that for that decision. That is a ballsy
1: but, decision. I don't know how else to describe
3: it. It's yeah. like a cutsy call, All I can say in my is, opinion. is we do take a lot of precautions. Holy uh, like cow. Like I was mentioning, we have a full clean room for right. the loggers to get them through fermentation. So we do take a lot of precautions with it. But yeah, I mean, there's always some risk involved I mean, that's just
1: that. gutsy. I mean, what we're talking about, like you were talking earlier, like Four Nose say, oh, well, let's go do a sour brewery. Sure, yeah, you do your sour brewery. <laughs> you get a little bit of a funkiness going on your sour beer. Nobody's got no. I mean, you can't tell. But these things, like I mean, you have any problem whatsoever, it's going to stand out like yeah, a sore think, think of
2: what he just said. They have a clean room at the brewery for the lagers, yeah, for the lagers. That's I mean incredible. that's cool too. They're doing right. open fermentation of lagers. So when well, us talk about a cool shit, Brad.
1: What they do? I mean, I don't know if you know this. If you do, forgive me. But for those of you that may not know about this, uh, if you go tour like Belgian breweries, which I'm sure you'll go to like Cantillon mm-hmm. while you're in, in Brussels and whatnot. Yep. So that basically all the the and I never know is it Lambic or Lambic? I always
3: i hear people say both. You know I always just hear the Americanized version. Just lambic. lambic, yeah, Lambic. <laughs> Y'all got any of that Lambic
1: beer? I'll it out when I'm Put in
3: some Belgium. strawberries in it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's a creep.
1: Yeah, that there's a crick. Uh, so really, like Lambic Breweries and, and traditional lager breweries, they will pump the, the wort, which is the unfermented beer that comes out of the, the boil with the hops added. and sometimes Americans add hops later. They'll pump into a cool ship, which is like, and forgive me, please straight me out if I'm wrong here, Weston, but it's just a... Big flat steel like pan kind of thing. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. And then they're letting that ferment in the open air. Normally you've got your, your beer like contained very tightly so no funk gets in it. To uh, open ferment a lager is, man, I, hats off to you guys.
3: This is impressive. Yeah, and we, we actually have two separate cool ships here. One is specifically for sour beers, right. and it's open to the environment. Yeah, so or you're doing it, we, wild yeast. Exactly, yeah. So it's just whatever microbes happen to funk. float in that day yeah. are going mean, to inoculate the beer. And then we have a clean love a clean one that's uh, completely separate. Yeah. And is it like,
1: so you're doing that wild inoculation year-round? Because no, I kind of think no, the yeast
3: have got changed, right? Yeah, exactly. And you, In fact, you really need to wait until right about this time of year. Our first sour cool ship night is going to be on November 7th. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, you can probably come by and see it, actually. Dude,
1: I'm coming. Okay, actually, that's an actionable insight.
3: So uh, we'll, they'll brew the wort over at Four Noses. Right. It'll be, get delivered here, and I'll receive it. It'll get pumped into our cool ship, and then we'll open up the windows and let all the microbes come in. That's awesome. But yeah, we've got to do it when it's cooler because uh, if you do it when it's warm out, you end up getting too many acid-producing bacteria in the air, and it makes your beer turn too sour, become acetic. <laughs> but have you ever seen
2: this process that Weston's talking no, about? No, I've
3: never seen it live. I've seen pictures yeah. of it. Yeah. I'm going to be here on November okay. 7th. That's We're
2: coming.
1: awesome. This is probably going to be after November 7th when you hear this. But if you're in Boulder <laughs> and you want to come see cool shipping of sour beer, I guess you guys probably do it other nights, too. Yeah, we'll have other nights throughout
3: the winter. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: no, it's, it's worth checking out.
1: Very cool. All right, so Wild Provisions, check them out. Google them. Four Nose is also an amazing brewery. Way... Way more range than these guys. These guys are specializing in Czech lagers and sour beers, which is just a, a really cool combination. Two of my favorite styles. we got to come back and drink sours with you sometime. Yeah, we? do it. Really appreciate it. So come check them out. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. I'm glad we found some beers
2: you like, man. Oh, yeah. These are great. Mm.
1: All right, so that's it for this episode of Creative Distillation here at Wild Provisions in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. As always, I'm your
2: host, Jeff York, Research Director at the Deming Center for Entrepreneurship, joined by. Hi, I'm Brad Werner. And, Jeff, today was really a cool episode. Wild Provisions is definitely going to be on my list to come by.
1: And if you're enjoying this podcast, come tune into the next one because. We actually ended up here as part of our Dimming Center happy hour. So now that we've uh, done a tasting and the uh, the Dimming staff have been out in the bar, we're going to now interview them about what the heck they do at the Dimming Center. Think it's
2: going to be a blast, which
1: is going to be super fun. See you next time. Thanks for listening.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Creative Distillation, recorded live on location at Wild Provisions Beer Project in Boulder, Colorado. Learn more and order merch at wildprovisionsbeer.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. Email us at cdpodcast@colorado.edu, colorado.edu. And please be sure to subscribe to Creative Distillation wherever you get your podcasts. The Creative Distillation podcast is made possible by the Deming Center for Entrepreneurship at the University of Colorado Boulder's Leeds School of Business. For more information, please visit deming.colorado.edu. That's D-E-M-I-N-G. And click the Creative Distillation link. Creative Distillation is produced by Joel Davis at Analog Digital Arts. Our theme music is Whiskey Before Breakfast, performed by your humble hosts, Brad and Jeff. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week for the next round of Creative Distillation. If you've enjoyed this episode, you may also enjoy Leeds Business Insights. Check them out at leeds.ly slash Podcast.